You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! All right, welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. I'm David Roska, and here joined by the wonderful, powerful Cameron Mizell, Stateside <laughs> well, client, and up? yeah, absolute badass. Wow, thank you for the kind words, buddy. Of course. Well, when we're sitting in a room full of your platinum and gold records, I mean, what else am I supposed <laughs> to think? <laughs> no platinums. No platinums, but I appreciate it. Oh, well. It's probably I, deceiving. I'm colorblind, so what can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, so Cam, we'll we'll go into this assuming that you know we're talking to people who have never heard of who you are. So what's sure. the what's the elevator pitch for who you are and yeah, what what's your story in the world? Born in New York, raised in Florida. Started uh, music stuff because my father put a bass in my hands around four or five to like ensure that he had a jam buddy <laughs> he's a master blues guitar player stevie ray vaughn um oh, yeah. little rock and um had some classical training before that piano uh learned learned some of the basics and then uh, went down a Went down a ska and techno phase. Like <laughs> earliest I can remember was like this weird ska and techno phase. Nineteen ninety seven or so. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah, or earlier. Like, I th- I think the 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 first the first project I heard that like got me towards rock out of coming out of a Beatles techno ska thing. I heard Space Hog for the first time. Nice. I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and somehow that somehow that eventually got me into rock and roll and like Seven Dust and Stained Incubus. Hell yeah. And then I, I went to college at, at UCF and met some some jam buddies and we started a band called Last Winter and got we we were on a lot of a lot of MTV gigs and had had a good amount of success and then I I kind of realized like the the touring thing was so difficult. Oh yeah. And I was already self-producing our own stuff, not kind of realizing that this was something fruitful, and decided to go fully into that realm. Hell yeah. Okay. So then since. Since then, what is the like? When when was that that you decided to go fully into production, and what has happened and changed since then? I know you've moved like twenty times since then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually I was a makeup artist for hmm. a minute. I was a uh, uh, went to school for 
special effects makeup, injury simulation, high fashion. That was around the time I was in the band, so I was like, I, I thought that that was my biggest passion, the the artistry, the make makeup arts, uh, sculpting, um, special effects makeup, animatronics, uh, prosthetics. Damn. Yeah, and, and I was beautiful, and I, I loved that period of my life. I still try to get back into it once in a while. So it was, it was around that time. It was like a kind of a turning point because the makeup thing was re- really, really, really great, but there was something that I think I was just too... I don't, I don't know. Like my head wasn't quite in it. And the, the music thing was just really clicking on the producing side. Sure. It wasn't like scratching that creative itch anymore sort of thing. Yeah. Well, the, no, the, the creative itch, it was definitely scratching, but it was the, I think it was the ease of what was coming out. Like I had kind of found this Mm. niche and, and I was able to just do what, whatever I felt with little to no resistance Right. And it started popping off. Okay. It's like shit. Hell yeah. And and then I even had a couple bandmates start telling me like, yo man, like, do you even see what's going on? Like it maybe <laughs> I was like, Are you quietly telling me that maybe I should uh quit? <laughs> <laughs> well, better than loudly telling you. Um I've been both <laughs> quietly and loudly told I should quit a band before, so uh <laughs> sweet. So and then you went into production and and at some point ended up, you know, sort of playing A&R producer guy and yeah. you've broken a pretty, a couple of pretty significant bands. Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. So like, tell me about how that, how did, how did that happen? And is that something that, you know, like playing the sort of like A&R probably, there's probably some mentorship in there and some like coaching to a degree. Sure. How, how did you hone those skills and how did you like get your foot in that door? Uh, so, so I'm, I'm still and always have been kind of socially awkward person. It takes a lot out of me, but I did learn some tools from, from makeup arts and being around artists, being around artists, being, being around very animated, colorful people who are also have something about them that's pulled back and really uncomfortable and totally you know the 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 i feel like all all the great artists have this thing about them that's like it's that that discomfort that you know maybe the beautiful art comes from that that spot so so i was self-producing all all of my band stuff and and things were were going great and um i ended up i think my first my first like professional gig was um assistant engineering for james wisner okay and i got to work on national product from a while ago so uh, yeah i got to assist on a lot of cool projects um um and and i kind of got a feel for i started getting a feel for the the hustle and and what an actual schedule looks like totally. and i kind of leaned into that James actually ended firing me <laughs> because uh, we we parted uh, ways on on great terms. It was it was literally just like kind of the same thing. Like, why don't you go do your own thing? Like, I, I totally I, I need like the timing stuff. I, I was already hitting the ground running with my own stuff and totally, and it was working. But I learned I learned so much from James and got a lot of validation from him. And I I think that the validation I got from James I think gave me the confidence to trust my process moving forward totally 
I think to to quote Ted Lasso, uh, yeah. uh, a good mentor hopes you're going to leave. A great mentor knows you're going to leave. So totally, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just all, all part of the process, and I'm I'm starting to have some of those un- experiences myself, and 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 really, it helps you. I mean that that kind of mentality really it, it helps you enjoy life more. Totally, yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's also just a piece of treating people as humans yeah. and not just treating people as tools in your arsenal. Yeah. Like I feel like there's there's a lot of people in this industry, whether it's the studio side or the the, you know, like suit side, I say in a hoodie. Um, <laughs> hoodie suit. But um yeah, I think I think uh, oftentimes in in this creative world where you know people work for exposure a lot and stuff like that, it's very easy to forget that like we're all humans. We all got yeah shit going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, d- different different spots on similar journeys. Exactly. In the grand scheme yeah. of things. And all we all really want to do is do cool shit with cool people. Exactly. And yeah, as soon as it gets like beyond that, stuff gets weird. I feel yeah. like a lot of the time. Um, so playing from like, you know, starting your career in sort of just like a, well, I guess I'm going to try this. Did it feel like sort of a dive into the unknown or did you feel pretty comfortable the whole time? Well, it was, um, it, it was actually, it, it wasn't the, uh, as far as like, producing music like there yeah there was something unknown about that and there's always something unknown like especially moving to nashville recently it's it, it, an amazing quote from uh a producer buddy andrew bayless who has kind of helped me settled in settle in uh, yeah. since the day i stepped foot here uh he says uh i moved to nashville and realized I've never written a good song in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville will certainly do that to you. Yeah, so there's, you know, it's always kind of unknown in a sense, but the, again, like the, the, the style of music and, and sonically the sounds that, that, that I was creating were just from the heart and easy. I was just expelling energy, you know? Totally. So, so there wasn't it, it. There wasn't anything to be unknown. It was just like, you know, let's let's fucking go. Here's some. Here's what I'm feeling. You know, here's the uh, here's the sounds that are resonating with me. And totally. And um, that uh, I think the whole the whole genre of of music that I found myself in was unknown because I found myself in a style of music that was brand new. It was kind of wild west, and I was one of the the handful of producers that were kind of leading this 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 you know new giant sounding big totally post hardcore hardcore heavy yeah absolutely I mean I remember I'm I'm a decent bit younger than you even though you don't show it and um (laughs) yeah well um and i remember you know like some of my first favorite bands that weren't just me leeching off my parents taste in music was either stuff you worked on or stuff in that same sort of like in that world world yeah yeah like even today like one of my favorite records of all time is dying is the latest fashion by escape the fate sure and i feel like that's one of those records that just totally like helped bring in that wave of music and 
you know, along with Memphis Mayfire, Sleeping with Sirens. I'm actually not even familiar. What what uh, what singer was that at that point? That was their first record. That was with okay. Ronnie Radke. Got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which well, know. he's stand. He's he has <laughs> stood the test of time. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely. Nothing iffy there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, no, that's sick. I'm yeah. into it. I'm so um, into it. But hey, that record is fucking incredible. I'm in love with that record. And if you're not super familiar, I will educate you when we get Hell yeah. This. Let's um, go. <clears throat> but yeah, so how, you know, when you were just talking about your early approach to production and based on what I what I know of you, that seems pretty similar to a lot of the ways you pr- approach things now, which is like, Let's just go with a feel and a vibe and let's let's go with what sounds good instead sure. of getting bogged down with all the technical, like, <laughs> you know, um, dialing in this synth to exactly the sound sure. we're looking for and more like, let's just create a feel. Is yeah. that something that you think with with technology, like recording technology and all these dolls and plugins and, you know, just way too much gear to choose from these days, is that something that you think has gotten harder to keep doing or has it gotten easier or is it just a different sort of way of looking at it i think any any tool is is going to make the process easier use the right way i I think there's yeah there's so many tools out there and ever increasing for writers producers what you just said what you what you explained saying like i i kind of focus more on the vibe that's like wishful thinking for me. That's like perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on the vibe and then I can just kind of smash through to keep the vibe going. Totally. And then maybe get, you know, obsessive later, but I I fall into the trap all the time and it's it's the 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 more I'm what's the word exposed to the Nashville world and mm-hmm. the writers out here, the producers out here. I'm realizing how important it is to exercise my ability to stay away from falling into that trap totally yeah i mean i think nashville in particular has such a different way of writing music than so many other towns yeah and yeah like i feel like there's a lot of places in the country where you don't just throw some people in a room together with a guitar and a doll and out you know Sure. Two hours later, out comes uh, basically a rough of a fully produced song. Totally. And yeah, I think that that makes perfect sense. And yeah, have you since you moved to Nashville? Have you felt like like clearly you already said you know your your songwriting chops have gone up, but have you they're, felt they're going up? They're okay. going up. Okay. I don't know how far they've gone up, but I'm 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 like I'm really working hard at it. Fuck yeah! It's like yeah, amazing. It's, front of the brain (laughs) have you uh have you felt like uh because i know that there's a there's another thing that's sort of unique to nashville songwriting is there's so much it happens so much faster i think than a lot of places have you was that like hard to adjust to at first it's 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 where i'm at right now i'm i'm adjusting to it like i i um i should probably give myself more credit i have a really you should. I, I have a I have a thing about that. I'm very self deprecating because it's like a comfort thing. But um, do you mean because you're a musician? <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, it's 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 where I'm at right now. I'm like it, it, it's a I feel like it's a, a pretty significant stage in my career where it's it's a it's a focus is is 
instead of being in my my own comforts and doing only what comes really really easy for me yeah it's an important stage i'm at and totally. uh, and i'm and i'm currently in it and yeah uh, since i moved here I, already just like just just miles miles above uh just based on feedback uh being being exposed to you know these writing rooms totally hearing the importance of a story and where it makes sense to like like the the art of like you can you can use ignorance as a feel as a vibe for a song sure. and that's fine you know like the, the but like the importance of telling a story and then depending on the genre or the vibe of it like you can make things ignorant or less ignorant you can make things really smart really basic totally but having that amazing backbone from what i'm uh, uh seeing is it and and experiencing is is probably the the most important part to build that backbone without obs- totally fucking obsessing over it and then you can obsess later but keep yourself from fucking with the backbone too much yeah absolutely and i think it's so interesting the like sort of i guess state of the union on nashville songwriting that you just gave is you could take that snippet of what you just said and apply it to country music sure and it's the exact same thing sure and there's i feel like so often especially with people who don't live in this town but are looking at this town from the industry they they go like Yes, they have other music that's not country, but country's the thing. And, you know, country is, like, you're either in country or you're not in country. Mm, yeah. And I think there's so much so much through thread. And, like, it's all it's all music. We're still yeah. writing songs, whether it has distorted guitars and, you know, bass drops or well, a yeah, banjo. And, and now, more than ever, it sounds like there's there's... I mean, what is a genre anymore? There's like really specific things that it's almost like not even genre. It's just specific things you have to keep in mind for your goal or your audience. But I mean, like the new Hardy stuff, like what the fuck? Yeah, the new Hardy stuff. So um, sick. Lakeview with their it's just sort wild. of wild. Like, yeah. And that's like, that's why I got so excited about music in the first place was like, the wild shit like totally like what the fuck's happening here who yeah. is this person like what what the what's their what's their story uh who are the people behind this wild shit that i've never heard before or <laughs> makes me like uncomfortable like i can't believe they just you know, like e- either like oh my god i can't believe they just said that or like that was the cringiest thing in the world that i just heard and i'm so obsessed still like why do i still love this cringy fucking thing happening and i think that's the that's like the 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 beauty of it all is uh totally the and that's a great artist too the ones that just let it out and then and then stand by it firmly is totally. like so inspiring to me and yeah something so respectable about that absolutely yeah <laughs> and i think a lot of that we can sort of thank tiktok for for better or for worse um, i think so too yeah you know, like the i think genre yeah just like and, get comfortable with yourself and do some wild shit yeah but also like that's how we open up and take music to the next level in, yeah. with today's technology you know so i mean like i think artists like john harvey for example or you know in this same building like the riot house folks yeah who are sort of taking pop punk and they're not only modernizing it, but yeah. they're, you know, adding much more produced elements and a lot more 
electronic instruments and being, turning it into its yeah. own new thing, taking it into the future, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, b- being being so close in proximity to that whole operation has been another giant aspect of, like, my evolving. Totally. As a, a producer, artist, writer, at, at, at any of it, um, being... Yeah, being exposed to those kind of um, groups and and process processes, it's wildly valuable. Totally. Yeah. Well, while we're on that topic, um, we should probably talk about this weird, crazy, awesome building that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, so the way I typically explain it is like it's sort of broken up into two sections. The one side is, you know a bunch of rooms like this where producers are renting out sort of like mixed suites and, and yeah. small studio spaces. And then in the middle, there's this big, beautiful sort of like studio a live yeah. room type thing. And then the other side is all like TikTok sets and photo video studios. And it's something where, you know, an artist could come in and you could produce their song and then, you know, they could <laughs> go literally across the hall and, your girlfriend Eliza could come in and take their album art photos. And then, you know, the team here, the they're called Classic 77. They could come and shoot a music video for them. Yep. And they walk out with, you know, they walk in with an idea and they walk out with a project that they oh, can, yeah. you know, shop around the labels or release or do whatever. Oh, sure. Uh, three to six months worth of content. Just yeah. Boom, you know. Exactly. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's an all-inclusive creative facility. Yeah, it's awesome. It's something that me and... One of my clients who you know very well because his room is right on the other side of that wall. Um, Joey Bertram have been talking about building something like this for a very, very long time. And then I've, I've been involved on a couple of startups with the, the same idea. And this is the first one that really, they're just doing everything the right way and more. And I think one thing that makes it so good is they're not trying to do everything themselves. Yeah. It's not just Matt, the owner, saying, I'm going to do all of it, and I'm going to take all the money. He's totally. collaborating with other people. Who, he's finding people who are whose strengths are in that certain thing and yeah. you know, creating a community, which is the whole point of music in the first place, if you ask me. Yep. Yeah, so what does, you know, nowadays you're pretty damn established in the field and in your career, and I'm sure you're a lot more comfortable than you were, you know, <laughs> 15, 20 years ago you'd doing be, this stuff. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. <laughs> well, you've always got a smile on your face when I come by. So, But maybe that's just I appreciate yeah, that. Thank me you. Thank you for noticing. Um, but I'm, I'm curious like what your day-to-day looks like as a modern producer <laughs> who's you know not um, trying to be stuck in the past. Yes. That's the key right there. Yeah. Yeah. And on so many levels, there, there was a period from maybe 2017 through COVID probably I mean, four years ish um, that uh, uh, well, a lot more than that, but yeah, uh, like a, a period there that was a lot of, a lot of internal learning and, and growing um, because the, the producing thing, my whole career up until, you know, the last four years-ish has been just nonstop going for broke and doing what whatever is coming out, whatever I, whatever I feel, just fucking going for it. And I had that period of internal work, that, that, that period that a lot of us experienced at some point, and maybe a lot of us experienced in that kind of same 
similar time frame um, where I really wanted to check myself and see, find out my why. And the, the, the why that I've been able to come to, by the way, the, the, the find out your why thing that, <clears throat> that was a question that was, that, that was asked by one of my buddies, Mike Maloney. He's like, he's an actual hero, <laughs> an actual superhero. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Mike's, Mike's the shit. Mike Maloney, he, he, that's what he mentioned. I was like at my worst, just like really going through it. And Mike's like, man, you got to figure out your why. And that, that really like stuck with me. So I figured out my why. And I think my why is being immersed in, in, in people that help me grow, being immersed in people that help me grow and helping people grow. Do you know totally. what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think I'm in a very similar boat from the management point of view. Yeah. You know, I think I, I, I talk about this a lot. There's a lot of uh, spiritual similarities between a producer and a manager, I think. Yeah. In that, you know, both of our goal is to grow people or grow yeah. ideas. Yeah. And, you know, often you're doing that through sounds and I'm doing that through a healthy combination of making friends, sending emails, jumping on calls and yeah. occasionally being a pit bull. But, um, Fuck yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So I... I I completely feel that, and yeah, like I I have never wanted to be famous myself, but I'd love to help make some people famous. And yeah, it's really re it's when you see when you see people you care about or people you've made a connection with do something special, and then beyond that, if you are a part of it, it's 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 so rewarding. Totally, and I and I guess finding my why, uh, you know, I'm like maybe selfishly looking for um how does my how does my uh, why uh help me you know it's like well that's it that's it like i, I really rack my brain around it for a while and 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 i think i think it's as as simple as that I'm, i feel so i feel so inspired and and um touched when um i make new connections and and i learn something and i and i grow somehow and 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 get put into uncomfortable situations and then grow from those and like uh, uh, transcend that. Uh, that's that's exactly you know in hindsight, it's exactly what I've been providing people. And I had my why the whole time. I just had to understand it and lean into totally. it. So yeah, yeah, I'm leaning into everything right now. Awesome. So how would you say have things changed in a tangible way since finding your why, or is it more like it's more just changed, you know, the way you look at everything. I, I just realized I completely strayed from your original question. No, that's great. That's the point of a podcast, <clears throat> dude. Um, that's, so, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm honed back in. Um, <laughs> so my day to day, especially since I moved here, I'm still I'm still in almost in in the right zone, but I, I've really just been figuring out how do I how do I manage what the way I've been you know, running my own show my whole career based on just, totally. just kind of, you know, grinding and finding something that, that spoke to a lot of people and then just full blown doing whatever, whatever I feel compared to now, like, like how do I manage my time properly? Because I have goals in growth. Um, I don't want to be stuck in the same thing. I want to be 
I want people to be able to use and utilize me in more than just one specific way. Totally. I also, I'm like, I'm super, super uh, like ADD all over the place. Never would have guessed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there's probably deeper things there, but I, I'd, I'd like, I like to have, I like to have at least five to seven, 10, five to 10 things going on. Sure. Uh, uh, on some level, whether it's like, but, but always a focus. When I have an artist in person, they are my focus. If, if, I have, if I'm working with somebody in person, they are my absolute focus. So I'll have, I'll have projects in in person. Yeah, whatever time I can squeeze in around an in-person project I have, I'll, I'll, work on, I'll work on things that are totally not in the same part of the process. Okay. Just so I can have something totally different to remove me so I can get back into the thing. Like, right. yeah, with a fresher head, totally. but still be as productive as I can be. Um, so maybe I'll work on like a, a master or something after I, you know, three days of doing preliminary writing with a project sure. or something. I'm and sure then, that <clears throat> also helps with longevity. Like, I'm sure if all you did all day was track guitars. You'd probably oh oh, no. hate tracking guitars after a while. Um, yeah. I imagine it probably wouldn't take that long. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> but you hit the nail on the head with like one of the things that is, is really exhausting for me is tracking, mm. tracking others' guitars. If, sure. if it's, thankfully there's more and more projects I get where this is suggested right off the bat. But when I'm tracking my own guitars, I have my own process. It's kind of a fun, like... It's almost like riding your bike in the park. Sure. You kind of just zone out. You you still get the job done perfectly because otherwise you're going to fall off the bicycle. But but um, but you can be removed and and be productive in the same way where you're giving yourself a break taking a bike ride. You know, it's like totally. I can totally get into that. It's when yeah, there's somebody in person. Like I'm totally obsessed with making sure that they know and feel that I'm giving them their undivided attention. Totally. And I think that's one of those sort of intangible producers that takes, or intangible things that takes a, you know, someone who is good at making music sound good in a doll and turns them into a great producer. Sure. Is having that in person, making them feel comfortable, (laughs) making them feel like, you know, they are the number one priority and genuinely making them the number one priority. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be like, well, yeah, this music sounds good, but we didn't have fun while we were making it. Yeah. And we're all doing this because we want to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were if we were all in the music industry to just make a bunch of money and cash out, well, none of us would be in the music industry, but, sure. you know, we'd go work in finance or something. Yeah. And yeah, it's that it's definitely there. There's that that human side. Um, and especially, you know, like we mentioned before, working with artists, it's uh there's a type there, you know? Oh yeah. There's, there's for sure a type there. And, and it's, it's, it's the type that I naturally can relate to the most. And I, I get most out of my trajectory these days is, is really just leaning into overcoming discomfort, social anxieties, leaning into, uh, honing in on, on, you know, my one-on-one skills and, and 
more and more being confident about going into situations that there's no reason for me to have confidence about. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I think regardless of what you do, I imagine most, most of the people who listen to this probably work in music in some way. Sure. Um, but regardless of what you do, but it's especially in the music industry, I think there's so much, you know, like most of our heroes at one point didn't know what they were doing. Oh, yeah. And with a lot of things today, don't know what they're doing. And that's sure, fine like, because yeah. they come at it with, you know, the confidence of someone who's like, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And that's... Love that blind confidence. As long as there's a, a cap, the totally. blind confidence is yeah. like... Separating that is conf- why I'm so attracted to that. Just <laughs> wild blind confidence while understanding the, the realm of being a good human being. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Separating <laughs> confidence and... um you know, like self-confidence and ego, yeah. I think is very important there. That's a good way to put it. You know, it, yeah. like to have a lot of confidence and a little bit of ego, yeah. I think is like the perfect mix yeah. for something like that. Sure. But there's a lot of people who have a lot of ego and not a lot of confidence. And that is, that, <laughs> that, that can get That tough. might work on some level too totally. yeah. for, for I mean, a moment. I and think... if you're smart about it afterwards, then you can still play that into a good goal moving forward or plan of attack moving forward but absolutely i mean i think there's a hell of a lot of i mean i imagine i don't know this for sure but i imagine there's a lot of rappers who have a lot of confidence or a lot of ego and not a lot of confidence and that i'm sure fuels a lot of that yeah that world yeah totally well sweet um well i'm not going to take your time too much longer okay i just have you know one more question all the time in the world for you well all the time i just heard you take a phone call that disagrees with that statement Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i appreciate the sentiment but um (laughs) but yeah so like i'd love to hear your sort of state of the union on the music industry and however you want to take that is the is the right way to take it. Okay. But, you know, where do you think we're at? Do you think we're in a good place? Where do you think we're headed? Do you think things are looking good? I think, to be frank, outside of, uh, you know, really specific things that are working in, in that time frame or whatever, yeah. we have all these clues that things are working in a certain period of time. We have evidence of repeated cycles that are, Damn, yeah, I mean, you can almost trust them fully. Yeah. Cycles of things. But um I th- I think that I think that we're 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 always in a incredible time for for music industry. So it's and and things things change but not really. Things get more maybe more complicated, maybe but easier at the same time, you know, like we were talking about your tools. Mm-hmm. The, the, sure, it's it's a lot – you have a lot more tools these days to take your basement bedroom car ideas to fruition, fruition uh, with more ease. But there's also – because of that, there's a level of talent that – evens the playing field totally. because you know that it things things get easier and more difficult all, all at the same time and i guess more complicated but that depends on how you're looking at it and i think it music industry is always going to be 
it's going to be the same. It's, it's, it's complicated. It's so much fun. It's so bad, so good. There, bad people exist everywhere, but it's just a good person in a bad state. Most, you know, <laughs> but like, but, but there's, it's, it's, it's cutthroat. It's exciting. It's, it's tough business. It's a absolutely tremendous amount of work if, if you're really in it. And even the, the artists who, or, or producers or anyone involved who isn't going the Wolf of Wall Street, just grind, grind, grind way of things and you're maybe you're that phenom artist who just pops the fuck off you have still entered the same world because totally you now have that feeling and you now know what's possible and either you're going to obsess in your one song that you do a year that pops off or you're gonna obsess over your non-stop work but either way it's just and you know i think oftentimes in that certain situation the the person who goes from I'm at college and I made a TikTok to holy shit I just signed with Capitol Records. Yeah. Like that is doesn't mean their life is getting any easier. No. Their life is getting much harder. Much like harder. there is there is a, there's now expectations and Our, responsibilities and yeah. people to report to and yeah, that's not an easy thing to handle. Mm. It's really complicated. It's really complicated and it's a it's an industry that is based around in my in my eyes some of the most complicated human beings you will ever come across. Most, most, um, spiritual, emotional, heartfelt, totally complicated human beings ever are, are the, the phenom artists or the, the people in the music industry <laughs> obsessing over their crafts, you know? Totally. I mean, I think any very talented and passionate artist has to have that sort of like duality of holy shit when you look at them on the outside they're like they're this perfect person to you that just looks amazing but no one is that and to make truly amazing art it takes a certain level of brokenness a lot of the time i think and while that is can be taken as sad that's i think that's how humans have always been and there's always going to be you know hurting broken people so if they're taking that and turning it into beautiful art, then that's – I see that as a good thing. I think that's what's so attractive to to entertainment as well or, or arts. To see, at least for me, to see somebody – I feel like it's not just me personally, but from, from what I've seen and experienced over the last 20 years, it's, it's uh, the artists that really pop off and connect and can create a lifelong career out of it are the ones who are the most vulnerable and and never back down from it and can maintain some sort of positive message hidden inside whatever the style of music is. Absolutely. Some sort of uplifting yeah. positive message even in the darkest music when somebody is really you can you can just see it even if they had songwriters even if maybe they weren't even there to top line that day but when they they perform that song and their version of it. There's something happening there where it's genuine, it's um, it's open, it's vulnerable, and and then it 
becomes a great success. It's just, it's one of the most inspiring things in the world. Totally. I mean, and I, I don't even think that positive message has to be lyrical or so in your face that you notice it right away. Like for, for example, one of my favorite bands in the world, Reflections, okay. um, they have a record called The Color Clear. Okay. And it is mainly about the lead singer's basically hitting rock bottom on a yeah. heroin addiction. Sure. The lyrics are incredibly dark. It is very, very heavy and yeah. doomy and scary would yeah. be a good word for a lot of people, sure. I think. Um, but for some reason, I am drawn to listen to that record when, you know, early summer, when you're first, like, driving with the windows down. And, like, in, you know, like, when I am really happy, for some reason, that record, I don't know what it is about it, but it just brings good feelings about that. Yeah. And I think it's just feeling the raw emotion and passion that went into making it. And, you know, knowing that this isn't just someone telling a silly story. Yeah. But it comes from a very human place. Yeah. Yeah. It's the humanity. And if you don't know that record, I'll educate you on that one as well. Yes, please. Uh, (laughs) I I don't, I generally don't know anything. Like, if... (laughs) Uh, 90% of the time, if anyone asks me, hey, have you ever heard of, I just, I promise you, you can already just guess my answer is no, but I'm very interested. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, well, then I'll make you a playlist. <clears throat> and, and then, and actually, and then I'll find out later that I did know them. It just, I just needed a spark. But... Totally. But then <laughs> but also names and like, stuff I'm not good with. You also walked into joey's room down the hall a couple days ago talking about like some korean opera singer oh my god so, <laughs> so like kamash yeah so Didn't, like wait. you know some things you like that is not that is niche <laughs> i think dimash dimash, dimash yeah my my goodness <laughs> speaking of that yeah that's like i'm on a deep dive that it, it it's like very rare Thank God it happens often with my projects these days. And I owe that a lot to you, James, stateside, and also the the uh, network that I totally lucked out with and welcomed me uh, totally. in in Nashville. Uh, but like, like, yeah, finding an artist and, and especially uh, being involved with them, but like just in general, finding an artist that you're like, my God. Yeah, this is just amazing. Just like really being wowed and touched. I think that's like, it's essentially the the drug that everybody in the music industry is is just. It's the high that we're all chasing. Totally. Is, is that amazing feeling of connecting and and if you're lucky enough being a part of it. And that's, I imagine why, the most you know like, glamorous or I guess like famous position on on my side of the industry is like the a and r guy yeah you go and you find talent that hasn't been discovered yet like yep other than being that talent what's fucking cooler than that yep that's fucking awesome i completely agree yeah completely well sweet i guess we'll let you get going cool and yeah thank you so much for listening and is there anything that you want to plug before we get off here anywhere you want to send people honestly no i just plug stateside we plugged classic Gave a shout out to a homie. How about you say Dimash's full name so that we can... I have no idea. <laughs> All right, go find Dimash. <laughs> uh, he has a last name, but we're not telling you. Uh, 
Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Hell yeah. You too. Thank you for your time, buddy. Absolutely. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.